0: Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides.
1: All right, here we go. It's a brand new Flyers Daily for the 12th of July, Wednesday, as the offseason continues. One of the pieces of business that got done in the offseason was the signing of Garnet Hathaway, undrafted out of Brown University, played for the Calgary Flames, the Washington Caps this past season, traded at the deadline to the Boston Bruins. Let's meet him right now. He is our guest on this episode of Flyers Daily and joins us now. Garnet, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. How's the summer been for you? It's
0: good. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great, honestly, except for the the weather and a lot of the rain recently. It's been uh, it's been really nice.
1: Was it a, a good feeling to get the business stuff done really quickly and know where you're going and give you the proper time to get kind of settled? You don't want to be you know unpacking bags, living out of a suitcase at your house during a season. You do that on the road, but uh, pretty good to get it done pretty quick, huh? Yeah, uh,
0: that was nice. I have I have a wife and, and two young kids as well. So, the more I know about where we're gonna be, uh, you know, on the earlier time scale, it helps a lot. And then
1: there's a lot of moving
0: pieces, so it was nice to, nice to you know figure that out.
1: Happy wife, happy life. Um, two years as well. You signed that helps too with a little bit of stability, right?
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was something we were, we were really excited about. I know. And I'd say the, the market this year was was a lot different than I I had been in uh, four years ago when I was a free agent. So to, to be in Philly and to have two years is something we're, you know, as a family, really excited about.
1: Tell me about, you know, you got traded during the season from Washington to Boston. I got a couple questions about that. First, just, you know, a lot of people look at athletes and they almost think they're mercenaries and, oh, yeah, you get traded, no big deal. But there's a lot you have a wife and two young kids there's a lot that goes into that and it happens and boom you're there you got to go what was that element like for you to kind of you know wade through on, on a personal level and professional level
0: yeah I'd say you know, the personal side hit me a lot sooner than the professional side um yeah like you said I, you know I have a, a son who's just over two years old and then a, a daughter who's about seven months old so I had to meet Boston. Um, they were just playing Seattle that next night and I had a flat to Vancouver um, the day after I got traded. So I had about you know, less than 24 hours to pack up. And then my wife was sort of in charge of moving our entire family plus our dog uh, up to Boston. So I would say I got I probably got the easy side of it to, to go play hockey, um, to hop on a planet and go play. And my wife had to really figure out how to move everything. Um, you know, our, our most prized possessions, I guess, you know, our kids and our, our dog and, um, everything we could fit and move up to Boston, um, was really, was really on her shoulders. So, um, yeah, trading is, uh, you know, before it is my first time being traded and I don't think a lot of people think about what the details are um, or the details the family has to go through in order for it to make it work.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, the wife keeps it all together. And while well, you see, so you can concentrate on playing hockey. What's it like, you know, going from Washington, a team that has been in the playoffs pretty much since Ovechkin has been a cap and they just weren't ticketed for that this year. And you get moved and you go to a team like Boston who's on this absolutely insane heater of a season historic and you're going to join that team i mentioned there's a, a bit of excitement going okay i thought i was going to play out the string i'm not going to do that sucks i got traded and i got to deal with all that but i'm joining a one hell of a hockey team here yeah
0: i you know i think you, you covered a lot of it right there um i'm really thankful to washington um brian mccall by brian McCon, uh and in the organization for putting me in a position that was really beneficial for my career and um you know, as a, and a potential playoff run, uh, obviously it didn't end up the way I, I had planned or hoped, but to be able to be put in that situation, um, is one that I, I was really lucky to get really fortunate to get. And then, you know, I growing up in new England, it was, uh, and going to play for Boston, you know, it all tied together. It was, it was really special, um, in order to get that call and you, you can be, I can be traded anywhere. I didn't have any trade protection or anything like that. So. It was and then you add in the, the historic season um and being able to be a part of that um you know the, the most points the most way like it was uh it was incredible and just being able to see another side of an organization um you know I, I think when you you talk about joining a team that had been that successful up to say 65 games um throughout a season i got put into that on you know to see like a well-oiled machine on how things have been working what what similarities i had seen with other successful teams i had been on um and then seeing really you know what they had done to get to where they were at that point and then to continue to grow and i i just talked about it with uh the media availability i just did not too long ago is it's a process throughout that season um and that's something that i was kind of brought into there figuring out that the like Boston was a team that took every game by game and that was that they wanted to get better every game even when they had first place locked up even when they had a historic you know landmark um, they were continually continuously trying to improve their game um, and that was something that you know stuck with me and it's something that I want to continue to to bring with me throughout my career
1: yeah people kind of view Teams outside of your market on a macro level, but the, the players have to, you know, kind of keep it in perspective on a micro level, almost shift by shift, period by period, game by game, or else it, it becomes too overwhelming. I imagine there's a lot of nerves that go into that too. You, go, you get traded there and you go, you know, the team's just been so consistent and so good. I don't want to go there and upset the Apple cart, but you're a guy that, you know, comes into a team and has everybody's back. And from guy, guys that I talked to, about you they all said you know you're a great guy in the locker room and a guy that commands a lot of respect on the ice how do you toe the line uh, to fit in but not overstep and, and upset what they've got going there and become a part of it because that ultimately is what it takes
0: yeah and I think that's a two-sided coin um you know I was going with that mentality where I wanted to I felt like I was brought in for a reason I wanted to help them get to the, where they wanted to be. Um, you know, if they didn't want me on the team, I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been at it. I wouldn't have been sought after to join them. But when I got there, it was guys that, you know, really similar to, to the guys in, in the flyers room. It's I didn't like playing against a lot of them and I don't think they enjoy playing against me. Um, and, and I think right there is a mutual respect. Um, it's, it's difficult to you know, like be consistent throughout this league and be hard to play against and really show up every night. And a lot of guys in that team, that that was one that that's why they were successful is because that's the kind of game they bring. And so instantly, when I got in there, it was value showed and respect given Um, everyone in that locker room was shown the value that they have to the organization, to the team success. And, you know, I, I got traded with Orly and that's how we immediately felt we were seen. We had respect um, from, you know, how hard we played against them. And then we had value um, to then help the team get where they want to be. And that's something that I want to continue to bring to the Flyers. It's, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for guys in that room and that I have played against and I'm going to try and bring the same mentality that I brought to Boston was, Hey, you know, we're all in this room for a reason. Every single guy is going to make an impact on our success. And it's going to be a process. You're going to have to move one game at a time, one shift at a time, and really live in that moment.
1: I imagine you know you have some battles with guys like Marshand when you're oppositions, and it, is there any of those uncomfortable conversations when you become teammates? Like, you know, there's a respect there, and, and that's how some guys play the game. They they play it on that edge. Your guy plays on that edge too, and we know Marshan does as well. And then all of a sudden, they're a teammate, and it's like, man, you're a pain in the ass to play against man, I'm glad you're here now. You're on our side. There's a lot of players like that as fans look at it too. They go, man, I hate this guy. Whether it was Matthew Barnaby back in the day, but man, if he would have been a flyer, we'd have loved him.
0: (laughs) No, that's exactly it. And You know, getting to know Marshy and, and, you know, my first interaction with him was coming down to breakfast in Vancouver and, you know, he was the first one to say, I, I don't even remember what he said. I was kind of in shock meeting, you know, meeting everyone and learning a bunch of new names and and his first interaction was, oh, man, remember this time you hit me from yeah. behind and I hit you from behind. You know what I mean? And it was just uh, – it, it broke the ice really quickly. Um, and I think that is leaning on the respect that we had for each other. And like I said, a lot of guys in that room and, and a lot of guys in the Flyers room. Um, but I'll be there soon. So it'll. it's one of those things where you uh, – you know, the less you force that you know, that angst that, and a rivalry against each other, um, that's when the respect comes out. And I think that's what what really helps kind of grow that friendship and grow that camaraderie right off the bat.
1: You've played in Calgary, Washington, and Boston, three very different hockey markets, all good hockey markets, though. And you play with, you know, some, some different types of leaders. You played with Ovi and Carlson. T.J. Oshie, I imagine, is a great leader there in Washington as well. Other guys, uh, Backstrom. Um, then this year you go to Boston, you get a look at a guy like Patrice Bergeron, who I call the perfect hockey player. Um, and you see that group and their leadership. And what do you take from, you know, you take pieces from all your stops. I mean, I'm sure you go all the way back to your, to your Brown days and, you know, lessons learned about leadership and, and, and being a good teammate and all that. what did you, what have you learned from some of the leaders that you've played with in the NHL? Oh, man. Uh,
0: I'll try and go chronologically for you. Mm Uh, you know, when I, when I was in Calgary, it was Mark Giordano, um,
1: Sage veteran.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and a guy who, an undrafted guy like myself who, who made, who made it. Um, and it, it was because of how much effort he put in, how much discipline and just, you know, really just how much work, um, And so that's something, you know, coming as a free agent, I looked up to him so much. Um, It it was, hey, you know, when you come in for that that testing in the fall, that was something that that Gio crushed every year. And he didn't have to. He would play no matter what. But he came in better the next year than he did the year before. Um, And that was my first introduction to the league about how much work needs to be put in to make it. Um, And then I, you know, then... You look at, uh, God, there's so many guys I can think about. But uh, Michael Backlund was another guy, I'd say, on on Calgary, who I looked up to as a player but also as a person um, to know what what you can do as an NHL player in the community. I think it just bodes to him winning the King Clancy Award this year. And I think he should have won it probably every year since I played with him because I know how much work he's put in um, and and how much he – reaches out to the community.
1: And then I, and then I went
0: to Washington and I was fortunate to play with a lot of leaders. Um, and I think it's tough to, you know, I, they're all different. Everyone's a little different. You know, you look at Ovi who, who's a gamer, um, and has been every time. And the work he puts in the gym obviously translates to how successful he is off the ice. Uh, you get a, a personality like TJ Oshie who brings everyone together. Um, in order to be successful and an unbelievable player but you look at the guy um that connects a room and and makes it so enjoyable to play with someone side by side i would
1: He's so authentic. <laughs> oh,
0: it's it, he really is and he's one of the guys that you know i he was one of the guys that I mean, he was the first probably one of the first to congratulate me on my on my deal with phil. He was you know, hey, that's amazing man and and you know, it's it was a pleasure playing with you and I I'd already played on another team since playing with him. Um, like you said, he's an authentic guy who has that energy, kind of that aura around him um, and the player that he is. And then, you know, I there's so many more guys I probably could list, but I, for the sake of both of our times, I'll, uh, you know, I'll talk about Patrice. Um, and, I, you know, I think that goes, I, you know, I talked to him a little bit about the reason why people feel so, valued in that organization um, and for that team is because of how he treats everyone, um, top to bottom for the organization. Anyone that has any part to do with that organization is the reason that they're successful and they wouldn't be as successful if one of them wasn't there um, or wasn't putting in the effort to do their job the best that they can. So a mix of trying to take all of those things together um, like you said you try and take a little bit of what you've learned throughout your stops um you know however short or long those stops are you know hopefully i'll i'll be smart enough to write down everything i've learned at some point and and try and remind myself that hey this is what it takes um but i've been really fortunate to play with those kind of guys who have helped me get to to where i am
1: um when what was the plan before becoming a pro hockey player like you said you are undrafted. you go to brown you do 4 years at brown good academic school imagine you're a pretty smart guy as well what was the, what was the plan before hockey got in the way and you got this pro career going uh before that's a plan uh
0: you know what i would like to say you know I, since i was a kid i being brought up my parents instilled in me that the insight to, to dream, um, to dream big and, and try and, and know how much hard work it takes to make dreams successful. Um, and so I'd say it was a mix of that and probably maybe I was naive. I don't know. Um, you know, I knew how much work I was willing to do and I knew how much work it was willing to take. And, you know, as I said, it was introduced to how much more work it was going to take me, um, and then just a little bit naive and thinking, Hey, you know, this, this is meant for me. I'm meant for this. Um, and, and continually to, to focus on that and focus on what it's going to take me to get there not what it's going to take me to, to get away from that. And it's, you know, I, I've been really fortunate from whether it's, you know, the organizations that I've played in, uh, the opportunities that I've gotten mixed with people that I've met along the way. Um, mentors that have helped me. And, you know, that whole mix, I think is when I first started playing, I think, you know, I, I think I said, Hey, I'll give you three years, you know, three years. And if I don't make it, then I, you know, I'll, Get a real you know, I'll, I'll find a job. I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. and now I find myself, you know what, you know, what will I do after hockey? Um, and I, I think that, you know, I'm still a little bit naive. I want to, I'm willing to put the work in. Um, And I'm excited about that next step in the adventure and trying to continuously get better. And, and that's why I'm so excited to get to Philly and get in that room with guys who want to get this organization to a more competitive spot than they have been. Um, and, and that's throughout the organization. It's not just the guys in the room it's, I think it's the fan base too. It's everyone's bought into wanting to be more competitive, to be, win more games, to, to find a way to, you know, get the ultimate goal of the Stanley Cup. And and that's the process. And that's, what's really exciting about being
1: here. Let me ask you about playing for John Tortorella. I know in your media availability, you said you talked to some guys that played for him and there's a perception of John Tortorella. And I think there's a reality, and I don't think they necessarily align. We saw this when Torts was hired here. I talked to a lot of guys that played for him as well. And all the guys that I talked to that had no problem with them were guys that the way I look at their game is that they play what I'll call an honest game. They have tons of self-accountability and they hold themselves to a standard that maybe torts can't even match. And they were appreciative of him as a coach in the sense that he got, you know, he, he got them to break down walls in their game that they, they had, but they didn't know they could get over. So what's it going to be like playing for torts? He, he's a guy that, you know, is a lot of fire and brimstone went away from kind of the the cameras and stuff. He's a bit of a laid back guy, but what are you looking forward to about playing for torts? And what'd you hear about him?
0: Yeah. You know, I played really similar to what what you've heard. And I, I talked to guys that, you know, one, one particular wasn't super excited that he was their coach when he was playing for them, but afterwards looks back and says, well, like you said, I, I overcame those walls. I didn't even know existed. I wasn't really happy about it at the time, but looking back, I wouldn't be where I am without having gone through that transition um, and through that work. And then there's guys that, you know, even long before I, you know, even, even came to this free agency or, or with Philly, it was, I talked to guys who played for him, who would, you know, talk about what they enjoyed, what was probably tough for them. And then would look at me and say, Oh, you would, You would, you would love him. You would love it. You know, it's right up, it's right up your alley. You know, he's your kind of guy. And, um, and I circled back with those guys when I was making, trying to make a decision for myself and my family and my career was, is this the kind of guy that will, will help me grow into a better player, push myself um, and put a, you know, a, yeah, I just grow. How am I, how am I going to grow? And I, that's, that's on the ice. And I think everything that you do on the ice is also going to help you off the ice. Um, now you find those barriers, those walls throughout your, your career, but how do I, how do I interact with those when I, you know, I'm done with hockey. I don't know in 30 years, what, what am I going to, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to interact with that? How am I going to, um, take on that, uh, that challenge, I guess. Um, And that's really exciting for me. I, you know, I, I like, I mean, look back at it. I, I had to put a lot of work in to get to this spot in my career and I want to continue to grow. So I'm, I'm not hesitant about continuing that.
1: It's funny because a, a head coach a lot of times is kind of like your parent growing up and you want to make them proud of you. You want, you want them to be proud of you. And the way you play, um, Torts will have a lot of those moments. He may not show it to you, but he'll, he'll be proud of uh, the way when he chucks you over the boards in certain situations. Going, I, I need what you bring right now. Uh, you know, you know, your job here. Go ahead and do it. Let me ask you the last thing for you. Um, I appreciate your time today, Garner. This has been awesome discussion, and everybody's going to get to know you. And I know you do a lot of work in the community. Um, but you're also a podcaster. You started a podcast with your teammate, Nick Dowd, between the blue lines. What do you think of the podcast world? We're having a podcast uh, podcaster discussion now.
0: Dog, doggy, dog world. Um, <laughs> no, Nick and I, you know, when I first got to Philly, or sorry, when I first got to Wash, well, I'm already, I'm already in the Philly mindset. Uh, when I first got to Wash, Nick and I started playing together on a line. We started hanging out off the ice, and you know, we we thought it'd be a really fun way to interact with the fans, and so inside, the, the team thought it would be a great way to interact with fans as well. Um, and we, yeah, it's, uh, it's time consuming. I'll give you that one. It, it takes up a lot. It takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. So unfortunately, Nick, I think, you know, not unfortunately, Nick grew his family. They had, a, they had a son um, and our time outside of the rink uh, was devoted to our family. And then, then I was, with with our son and um i I don't know how we we were lucky enough, we didn't really edit a lot of our own material uh, but being able to to bring guys on the podcast just chat about life kind of away from hockey outside the rink was one I think the fans really enjoyed but we we also enjoyed a lot
1: I totally agree with you I think content that where you for fans where you can peel back the curtain we see the. You know, the three hours of the game, but there is 21 other hours in the day and a lot of days without games. People, you know, people wonder, you know, what's it like on the team playing? You know, all those things, you know, yeah. you know it's, it's a curiosity factor and we're all voyeurs in some sense as well. Well, if you want to refire it up, there's a couple of good uh, talkers here with the Flyers, uh, guys like Scott Lawton. Obviously, Travis Konecny can yap until the cows come home. So you may have some good talk. You just tee them up and then you just sit back and let them go.
0: That was what it was with Nick Nick was the Nick was
1: the chatty one. I just tried to keep us in line. <laughs> That's awesome. um Garnet, congrats on the deal man welcome to Philadelphia. I really appreciate the time today. you're so well spoken and I'm looking forward to you know getting this thing back on the ice. I'm miserable this time of year like let's get the game going. yeah, you
0: and me both. let's
1: go. yeah I, I know I know you guys like need your rest physically, mentally, emotionally, all that stuff. let's get the damn thing back on the ice here. Let's get going. And get the season underway. I think it's uh from taping, I think it's ninety-four days until uh, the opener against Columbus. But who's counting? I appreciate it, man. Be well. Enjoy the rest of your summer, all right. Thanks a lot. You too. Thanks to Garnet Hathaway for taking the time. Interesting, interesting discussion. Very well thought out and well spoken hockey player in Garnet Hathaway. So we appreciate him taking the time. And I uh asked him a lot. So hope you enjoyed it as well. Everybody, we'll be back Friday, another brand new edition of Flyers Daily.